When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kyrie in the paint. Kicks it. Irving. Got it. Oh! Tatum. Same spot. Same result. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brittle Gash. Mood vastly improved from that of a few days ago. Joining me as always from the great land of Newcastle, Australia, it is Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going, mate? Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. It's been a terrible day out. Storm, it was hot <laughs> as hell to start with. Then it's been yeah. storming for the last six and a half hours. I don't give a shit. The Celtics back. The yeah, back, it could man. be... Could be uh, an earthquake. Could be uh, you know a hurricane out there. Wouldn't matter. Wouldn't it's, all, it's all it's all sunshine Wouldn't and care. lollipops, as smash far as I'm the, concerned. Smash the Warriors. Nothing can go wrong now. <laughs> Everything's good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, quickly before we get to that, if you do want to reach out to us, you can do so by commenting on the Reddit thread for this episode, or you can follow us on Twitter, like many have recently, at Celtic Reddit Pod. So the Boston Celtics never in doubt. Blow out the Golden State Warriors on their home court, one twenty-eight to ninety-five. Jackson, how are you how are you feeling after this one? I feel pretty good. Yeah, I, I think the overall the the overarching feeling is I don't understand basketball. I've never understood basketball. I refuse. I continue to not understand basketball because <laughs> I was I, I I was there was a point a few days ago where I really considered like putting about like two three hundred dollars on this game against the Celtics because I just thought this is the one game that d- despite our historical. Um, evenness for lack of a better term against uh-huh. uh, the Warriors at least in the last few years I thought there's no way that this team can go into Golden State in the form that they're in and, and sort it all out but <laughs> yeah. lo and behold I don't know what it is we just seem to have some sort of weird formula that doesn't always beat the Warriors but always just gives us a chance and it didn't give us a chance now it gave us a, a 33 point win so I, I, I don't know what to think I'm definitely feeling better about the season than I was uh, a week ago. Has anyone listened to Joe's and my my episode? <laughs> Could attest it was to pretty pretty dreary. It was dreary, yeah, very... entertainingly so. Yeah, but we, we were going. We, we were going. We were going for those like barflies, uh, just complaining <laughs> about their lives feel, and I think we hit the mark. But uh, none of that today, man. Um, what, what did you think, dude? Because I mean, like, as much as as much as you can, kind of in a way, rely on the Celtics to show up against the Warriors. Did, did you see a win of this magnitude coming, like at all, in any capacity? I started to, um, like, a few days ago, definitely not. 
Uh, and nonetheless, I did have a very strategically planned work from home day today to make sure that whatever happened, ah, okay. I was able to witness it live. You're putting the good vibes into the future for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. And then I started to see like some of the. It started with the Kyrie Irving Media Day stuff, where he like suddenly just spoke to members of the media, kind of like they were like respectable human beings, and actually mm. divulged like some information and like it kind of just spoke a little bit more naturally. And then uh, I think it was yesterday there was some stuff coming out about the plane trip being very positive for the Celtics and like maybe there was some stuff that went on during the trip to the West Coast that kind of galvanized the team a little bit. And then even though I was sort of saying foolishly so, like I started to maybe feel a little bit of confidence in the team, right? Like, oh, hang on a second, like maybe we can go in and like we know how um, significant of a win this could be. The, the guys have had some some time to actually spend together. Like they're forced to sit in the fuselage of a plane for, you know, five, six hours, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and spend time together, whether they like it or not. And, and maybe that could have been a good thing. So, yeah, after that, after I started to hear some of those uh, those whispers coming out, I started to feel a little confident. And then, you know, we, we start the game. Celtics go in a 9 run before Steve called the timeout. And again, like, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, like, okay, like, this we've, we've seen this before. Be, beware the early lead, as, as Joe would say. Beware the early lead, as we say around these parts, and, yeah. And then sure enough, you know, the Warriors, they come out, they come back out and hit us with an 11-3 run. Um, but then the Celtics showed some real resiliency. And, and after that first punch back where, you know, they hit us with a run and we were like, no, nah, like, no, we'll hit you with our own run. We'll we'll play our defense and we'll we'll play our game the way that people have always expected us to. After that, that's when I was like, "Shit! Like we could, like, we could fucking win this game." Mm. And and they did. It was it was amazing, and it was a incredible, uh, incredibly like in, enjoyable and um, somewhat emotional experience. I think, yeah. given the season so far, it's it's so funny. Like any other team at, at halftime, I, I would I would be happy to turn the game off and be like, "Oh, we've got this quick. I'm going to get on with my day." But yeah. given given our our recent history, to be fair. Of blowing big leads, like I think I just, I was just kept thinking of the Clippers game all throughout halftime. I'm like 25 points. We will we'll, we'll stuff this up if we're not careful. We got we got to yeah. like maintain the intensity. But um, it it really was almost about as wire to wire a, a blowout as as you could get. And the funny thing is, I don't think this will really bo- bother the Warriors that much. I think they'll they'll look at the history with Boston. They'll look at the performance because they weren't great. Let's like not pretend we like went toe to toe with a real juggernaut here and and put them in their place. No, this was a team that had very much looked disinterested a bit from, from what I saw of it, but anyway. Um, so I don't think the Warriors are going to be too concerned about this, but what this could potentially do for Boston, particularly now that we're in that period of the season where we're leading up to the postseason, the momentum that we gain now going into it is going to be so invaluable because I know everyone's saying like, oh, this is the kind of team or there are teams that will just, you know, flick the switch and they'll start performing in the postseason. Like, I wasn't getting any of those vibes from this team at all. I don't think this team's earned that flip the switch and then it's go time sort of... Um, sort of luxury um if you could say that I, I i think i think obviously the next game's a key you can't mm-hmm. beat the warriors by 33 points and then go to uh the clippers or the kings or the lakers whoever are playing next and then and then you know serve up some more shit that we saw against like the chicago bulls game the other day yeah. um so it's it's very important going forward now but i just i you really do feel like a win like this on national tv in the states that is um you just feel like it there could be something that this could be the, the the resurrection. I think I said on the chat today. Joe's been throwing a lot of biblical terms around about this team, really dark <laughs> yeah. ones that involve um, that involve lots of suffering and um, and whatnot. But I think this could be a positive one. This could be the resurrection, man. This is Easter Monday, as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, and of course, you know, quick shout out to Joe, who's normally with us, aka Nose Grows McFly. Uh, he couldn't be with us today. He's he's off um, studying some form of uh, of musical endeavor. But uh, you know, we wish him well, and he'll be back with us in uh, in a week or so. But um, look, yeah, kind of like what you're saying, Jackson. Like we we have been here before, where we have that like marquee statement win, and you're like, all right, cool, like they figured it out, yeah. And then the next game, they'll play. You know, it might be a back to back, might be two days later. They might be playing at home, but they'll play like the Suns or something, and just yeah. shit the bed. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to believe anymore. And like, if you're, if you're as, if you invest so much in the team as we do, and other fans, like, it, it, your questioning of of things goes beyond the Celtics, and you're like, what is, yeah. what is life? Like, what is going on? What is the universe? Um, and so, you know, we play the Kings tomorrow, and the Kings are. Um, by no means, um, you know, a crap team. Nah. They've been incredibly good. I mean, and they're fun to watch. Years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, a, it's the second game of back-to-back to us, for us, rather. Um, and the Kings, uh, you know, there's a draft pick situation there that I'm yeah. sure, you know, that they're, they've got their finger on the pulse with regards to. They're, they're going to come out hard. And um, it's, you know, it's going to be another game where we're going to need to show that resiliency and adversity. And um, I, I need to see that from this team in the second game to, to really believe that any sort of switch flicking has, uh, has occurred. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm of the same opinion too. I was like, I was, I was so ready to, to pin it all on Baines being back is the reason that we're getting good, but obviously <laughs> yeah. he did play, he played in the, um, the, the Houston game um, a few days back. So that kind of like, you know, nicks that one out, but you know, maybe let's, let's, let's give, let's still give it to Baines a little bit here. Maybe he just needed that game to come back, feel himself out. And now that what we saw today was him, exerting his influence you know properly on this team mm-hmm. so if he can maintain that and obviously the team obviously um can do that again tomorrow look I, it, obviously i think we're at the point now where wins are very important we need as many as we possibly can to try and get it, the seedings a little bit higher i think it's probably i wouldn't say set in stone but i'd say we're very confidently going to be the fifth seed and we're going to play whoever that fourth seed be it philadelphia or uh, Indiana in the first round. But we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. I think you should still be winning as many games as possible. And if we can get like uh, a win streak together, similar to that of what Philly went on at the end of last season, albeit against bad teams, you know mm-hmm. that can just shoot us up the. That'll shoot us up the um, up the seedings and just the confidence, man. I think this team is going to live and die by the confidence that they have as a group. And you know you could probably say even Kyrie to a degree or Gordon Hayward. We'll get into that later. So, um, yeah, uh, this run is very, very important, not just to capitalize on the win we've just had, but just to get the wins up, just to get the wins in under our belt. Yeah, and, like, this time last year, remember that? Uh, I think, you know, know, we were doing a podcast, and and I think Kyrie Irving had recently, the news had come out that he wasn't going to be playing for the Mm. rest of the season. We'd already gone through the, the Hayward injury, and, and we had, you know, our first look at really what we now call the hospital Celtics. And they went on that West Coast. It started with a win at home in TD Garden versus OKC. There's a terrible players only uh, call that we uh, recounted oh, on this very podcast. It's historically terrible. I remember it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they went on a very similar West Coast road trip. They didn't play the Warriors, but they um, put together a whole bunch of wins. Um, I think uh, Jalen Brown came back through that through that uh, trip and we played the Kings and and it was that that trip that the guys had a way together that really galvanized the team and they sort mm. of found this chemistry that they took into a very successful what ended up being a very successful playoff run and, and now we find ourselves in a similar situation where we're facing adversity for completely different reasons and, and we need this this time to bond and to gel 
to develop that momentum heading into the postseason. It's, it's kind of a weirdly similar situation. So very important. I, I, I do want to get back to the, the Warriors game very quickly because it was such an awesome game. And, you know, we would be remiss to not discuss it a little further. And um, on on the Celtics defense, like the the Celtics defense was rotating and like pulsating as this one singular organism. And I actually like throughout the whole game, I think I can count the amount of bad shots and blown assignments defensively on one hand. And there was a small stretch, I think, in the third where the Warriors, they got out on us in transition a couple of times. Uh, I think it was mostly Durant for the most part. But Brad actually called a timely timeout yes. and put an end to it. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, we could really use a timeout here. And then it was like, boop, timeout. Yeah. Like, what? Like, Brad Stevens actually did that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, the defense was just locked in all game. They had that intensity all game. The, the sort of stuff that we've been begging this team to do all year. And finally, they did it for a full 48 minutes. It was incredible and refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and you get, you're going to need that, you know, again, in these big, against these big teams and in these big games, which we're, you know, obviously about to enter into. So if, if, this, is, if this is like the, the, the maximum version of what we can expect in the Celtics in the postseason, then that's fantastic. Because I think that is obviously a 33-point win against the defending champions. Yeah, that's going to do it. But even if we can just hit like 80%, 75% or thereabouts of this performance that we hit tonight, I'm going to be very confident, like whoever we play, regardless of whether on the road or at home. So mm. yeah, more of this, please. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just looking at the stats now. The Celtics shot 51% from the field um, through the whole game. Obviously, the Warriors shot 40%, which isn't terrible, Not but... That bad, um, really. I mean, for a team like the Warriors, obviously they were missing Clay Thompson. And, you know, going back to your previous question, Jackson, that was another thing that gave me some confidence heading into this game because it just sort of screws up their offense a little bit when they just don't have, like, one of the best three-point shooters of all time to <laughs> to, to stretch the floor for their offense. Yeah, um, that's funny because that's the difference between someone like the Celtics. Like, if we had probably one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time and we threw him into a situation into our team, the thing would probably fall apart, whereas there they take out, like, a key piece of the puzzle and it and it goes apart whereas we add it in and it seems to go wrong like obviously that's not <laughs> how we operate all, all season round but it feels like that's the narrative that we we add something in and it should be great and it doesn't whereas they took out a piece that should provide for them and it, i'm fucking this up <laughs> no i know I, I know exactly what you're saying yeah. we we, we um... take good player out bad for the warriors put good player in for us bad for us what is that about i don't know yeah it's a thing it's a real real thing and you know it's uh, as you've just demonstrated difficult to quantify difficult to explain we're but it's, difficult it's to quantify quantify <laughs> sort of team at the moment aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely but uh look we're celebrating today that's that's what this i was so i was so happy i um just like side note was not looking forward to doing another sort of dreadful podcast where mm. it kind of becomes a bit of a chore and like, you know, our listener numbers go down when, when we lose games because, you know, can't blame yeah, people. Like, enough. you don't want to listen to people talk about this team that is like grossly underperforming. So very happy to be able to catch up tonight and just like talk about epic, epic win. Basking in some glory for once. Speaking of glory, speaking of epic, um, Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. Gordon, beautiful... Beautiful, handsome, perfect, square jaw, hair, hair Gordon, Gordon Hayward. Couldn't couldn't say enough good things about him at hey, this point. Hey, 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 hey. We're leaving out an important piece of this, of this here. Black-eyed Gordon Hayward, I think. Uh, yeah, so speculation that uh, Robin, his wife Robin, had uh, 
just sick of his uh, his gaming at that point and had had enough. <laughs> is that, and, is uh, that Pythereus and his wife? Sucked him. <laughs> sucked him in the old eye. I was like, okay. God, mate, get off. Get off the computer. Come and spend some time with your family. Or maybe get in the gym and uh, learn how to shoot again. And, uh, you know, I guess he did both of those things. And uh, the black eye game, I don't know. Some people are calling it that. Incredible. I'm just looking at his stats here. Where are they? Uh, Gordon Hayward, 12 for 16 from the field for 75%. 4 of 6 from 3. Uh, made all these free throws, all two of them. Uh, a game high, plus 32. 30 points, 4 assists, 7 rebounds, couple of steals. Just an incredible all-round game. Like, he was money from the get-go. He was getting to the line. Uh, his playmaking, like, just... <sighs> So it's so good, like it's so good to see that, yeah. Especially against the Warriors, he's, he 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 still remains to me the the biggest the biggest X factor, the biggest wild card that we have up our sleeve for for the remainder of this season. Because if we if we get again, like I was saying, live up to you know eighty percent, seventy five percent of that performance going forward, we're going to be fine. If Gordon Hayward, and we've said this so many times, so it feels like we're beating a dead horse here. But if he can just live up to some of this level on a consistent basis then things are going to be sweet. Like, if, if we get this Gordon Haywood once every 10 games or thereabouts, brilliant. But if we get something like this consistently going forward, then it, it, it's going to be a wrap as far as I'm concerned because we, you can see what he brings to the team. You can see him not only from a playmaking perspective, but his shooting as well. He shoots a lot of threes, and I think sooner or later they start to get out close to him, and he can take you off the dribble, and he can get to the, to the basket. Obviously, that's been something that's been really lacking from his game. Uh, mental deficiencies or whatever you want to call it, anything uh-huh. residual left over from a, a devastating leg break applying. Um, but he's just, it looks like his game, when he is on his game, you can just see it, it's all coming together. And, it's, and there's, I said before we went on this bad run that you can really feel some momentum building with Gordon Hayward. The run that we had felt like it killed it, but killed it for everyone, to be fair. Yeah. But you just feel like in a situation like, that we, like we just saw against the defending champs on the road with our backs up against the wall, if he can put out a performance like that in that scenario, then uh, you know you, the confidence the confidence I have in him just grows every time he puts out performances like this. Yeah, definitely. And and look, we didn't necessarily see anything from Gordy tonight that he hasn't already shown us, mm-hmm. but like we haven't seen it since the Philly game, so it was really nice and like really really refreshing, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it's cool to see him revert to to Utah Hayward at times, like when he shows his strength and, and gets into the paint. But I'm, I'm still so in awe of how good of a playmaker he is. Like yeah. so so many times against the Warriors tonight, he would bring the ball up, right? And his head is up. Like it's directly up. Um, excellent posture, by the way, adding to his very aesthetically pleasing, uh, just humanoid. Just an, just an aesthetically <laughs> pleasing human in every capacity, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's bringing the ball up and his head is he's up and he's looking straight ahead, but you can tell that he's he's taking the entire court in through his peripheral vision. Yeah. And, and like, I'm watching the game on TV through this bird's eye view and I can see everything. And yet on like many occasions tonight, he would dish the ball and set someone up so perfectly that I, I just, with my complete vision of the court, just could not see. And he just has this like unique court vision, which is huge, right? And uh, like better so, it's not reliant on any sort of like athleticism or physicality. Definitely confidence, though. So that's that's still yep. a big thing, and that's what's brought that on more recently. But um, yeah, uh, a, a couple of notes from the post-game thread on Gordon Hayward while we're discussing him. So user Aeolian Mode 
says they, referring to the commentary team, the players-only commentary team tonight, they were absolutely right about us going as far as Hayward takes us. He was supposed to be our second star before the injury, and the closest he can get to that, the more dangerous we'll be. We're 4-0 and when he scores 20 or more points, and I doubt that it's a coincidence. And to add to that, user LightningFast31 says... Yo, that anonymous person on the Warriors who called Hayward a liability must feel so yes. stupid right now. Yes, I said the same thing to you in the chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. And it was... I'll tell you who didn't forget about that? Gordon motherfucking Hayward. No. He... Yeah. I hope he remembered it. I hope he actually had like a little um, uh, snippet or quote on his, his locker room. He just looked at that and like, <laughs> You know, fixed his hair. Not that he needs to fix it, but you know, just get got in the mode. I think the mo the moment I, I remember that, the moment I, I thought about that anonymous warrior source was when he um he shot off the line, he picked off Durant's pass, and then took it in for a slam. Um, at that point, I was like, yeah, this guy is not a liability on on either end. Definitely not no. tonight, anyway. So. Yeah, it was really good to see. Great stat line, uh, great on the court aesthetic, just great, great all around goodness from uh, from Gordon Hayward. So good to see. Um, I think that Kyrie Irving had almost the perfect game for what his role like needs to be on this team. Yeah. So, like, there were some times where he asserted himself and kind of went a little Uncle Drew, but for the most part, I thought he had a near perfect like balance yep. of of being himself and deferring to his teammates and that's that's consistent with these kinds of wins that we've had all season where i i was going to say i haven't got his stat line but it's right here I just i'm lazy i'm not looking at it so 19 points 11 assists five rebounds so like not really a typical Kyrie irving stat line um it, it shows that he's scoring when he needs to and he was it was fairly efficient shooting just under 50 percent um, but passing quite well, crashing the boards well for a point guard, and like he's he's not putting up like first team All NBA numbers, right? But he's putting up exactly what he needs to do for this team to be successful, and that's really good to see. Yeah, there have been a few games lately where we've seen five, six guys of the team all in double figures, and like there's no one standout scorer. Obviously, take Gordon Hayward out of the equation with 30, but you know you would you, that's something you want to see. You know, <laughs> even if it's at the expense of the team, almost <laughs> to a degree, you want Gordon going. But um, I feel I feel as if going forward, a lot was made about Kyrie Irving's ego and where his head's at and all his demeanor and everything like that. It came across very me, me, me. And I've certainly thought he was, you know, his ego was kind of getting a little bit out of control just through the things you hear through the media. So can you believe that? Anyway, I feel the performance we saw tonight was him kind of... The, the, the word leader is such a, a loaded term, particularly when it's about Kyrie Irving. But I felt like he was leading just in the most appropriate and team uh, conscious way possible you're right he, there were moments where he was you know asserting himself there was like his heat check three i think when we were up like nine nothing that he took from almost halfway and he missed it but i'm i'm cool with him taking those kind of shots because when he does hit you with those it's a real almost knockout blow and if he yeah. can get going from there then he's gonna he's gonna torture you all night but the, the, the restraint that he showed to to kind of prioritize playmaking which I feel like he has been doing for the majority of the season. To, to be to be perfectly honest with you, I think he's he's got to be averaging a career high assist this season. I oh, he pro- is. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, he totally, and, is. and that can, and you can totally see that. You know, just just by looking at him from game to game. So if if, if this is the Kyrie that we're going to see for the majority of the season and the postseason going forward, and how that relates to the rest of the team, that's brilliant. And knowing that he's got Uncle Drew in his back pocket when we need buckets and we're in a game seven or like an overtime scenario, and we've just got to get points, then. To be able to rely on him in that capacity, but also rely on him as a playmaker and a facilitator throughout the, the majority of the game throughout, 
then that's that's almost perfect. That's like exactly what we need from him. So I, I just I pray, 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 pray that this is going to continue. <laughs> yeah. So speaking purely from my own perspective, a, a lot has changed in my mind with regards to how I feel about Kyrie Irving over the last couple of days. Yep. A, a few days ago, um, I was very much like, I don't care if he leaves because I was kind of sick of all the drama and everything. Obviously, I feel a little bit different now. That's kind of the nature of the the roller coaster of of this uh, Celtics team. Um, what about you, Jackson? Like, how are you feeling about Kyrie Irving at this point, given the game today? Yeah, um, without without rehashing all the the postseason Anthony Davis free agency rumors and everything that we can go forward, I, I still if 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 you ask me right now, point blank, what do I want? I want him to stay. I was definitely of the mindset of I don't mind if he leaves because I'm sick of all of this negative attention and him yeah. saying just bizarre shit in the media that can get picked apart and it just you just feel kind of embarrassed and whatnot. But that's that's the dude that Kyrie Irving kind of is. And I think you have to take his his amazing level of skill with some of these weird, you know, uh, quotes that he can throw out from time to time. But you get the feeling as it gets closer to the postseason, he's not he he's gonna be less about talking to the media and, you know, explaining himself and justifying his actions and telling everyone what he's about. And he's going to be more just about just getting the game done. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely want him to stay. I absolutely still think he will stay. Um, but you're right. I, I went through the same, the exact same uh, thought process as you did and probably a lot of other people, a lot of other Celtics fans, because I, th- I think this is all just a product of being in a team that's considered a contender. Like, we can all argue that we, we might not be based on this season alone and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is we have enough players in there that's good enough, I think, to at least make the finals, at least make the finals. Mm-hmm. But you don't get this kind of scrutiny. You don't get, like, picked apart and just and crucified in the media if you're playing for someone like the, the Memphis Grizzlies or the Knicks or someone who's just over the Cavs who are just Got irrelevant. It. Like, we're, we're in that echelon now where any mistake is, is scrutinized and any uh, success is, is kind of celebrated. And it's almost like no in-between. So... We have to just ride that 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 roller coaster as as far as it gets us, and Kyrie is is going to be front and center of it. So we just have to. I think we just have to accept that it's just going to be like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to get to some game notes very quickly. Um, not if actually, not even quickly. Let's let's really like let's sink in. Enjoy this. the moment. Was, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a great game. So let's let's take goodness. our time here. Sure. Uh, the Baines boogie Biff. There was a, mm. a bit of biffo between old Bainesy and um, and one Demarcus Cousins. Um, Baines took a charge, and and Boogie kind of like flexed over him, like stood over him and flexed a little bit, which was weird because was I felt foul. like Baines. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like Baines should be doing the flexing at that point. Like he like won the play, um, and then Tatum kind of brushed Boogie away, and then like Demarcus Cousins, Boogie lost a little bit. And then, like, enter <laughs> Terry, Terry Rozier. Rozier yeah. Just, like, steps in, like, the little blue monster in Space Jam. Like, just steps in. It was just, like, flexing on Boogie Cousins. And it was awesome. Like, it was. we've talked about team chemistry all year. And, like, this was a really good thing for that. Like, that sort of lit a fire under, um, I, I, I guess, a flame that was already burning quite hot at that point. But um, yeah. it was just really cool to see. Plus, Bainesy in, in any sort of fight, like he's not backing down from anyone. He doesn't need Terry Rogier to step in. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just a, it added to the already very entertaining experience. He look, he looks a lot meaner now that he's got rid of his man bun, don't you reckon? Now he's just he got does. that bald head and that big 
fucking red beard. It's it's wonderful. My favorite part of that whole my favorite part of that whole sequence when you mentioned Terry Roger was when I think Terry Roger got in front of them and it kind of simmered down, but you could see something had pissed Terry off. And Baines, I think, came up and almost like hugged him from behind. And it literally looked like like when my dad hugged me from behind when I was like six. It's just so much bigger than him. He literally like encompassed his whole body. <laughs> and that was just a moment that I just I, I just I just laughed at. It made me forget all about the um the, the things that came before it but I feel as if not to like throw more praise on Baines because I could do it all day but I feel like if you're going to have a guy in there who's going to take the charges and he's going to piss off the other team's big man whether it's Demarcus Cousins Joel Embiid etc etc that's where the kind of the flashpoints can, can come from in a way and nothing galvanizes a team particularly a team like the Boston Celtics when there's a biff on so I feel if if if, if all the things that Baines does well if one of those things is starting a bit of biff with another guy on the team that gets everyone in in an almost all-in brawl just to unite the team just that little bit more i think that i think that's something that really can't be you know overlooked it definitely you definitely felt the team was a lot more together not throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole uh, game sure but like that was just a moment another confirmation that you just got the feeling that everyone was on the same page tonight and i owe that to baines starting a bit of shit i don't know about you but yeah absolutely and you know um you know, disclaimer: I'm not encouraging um, acts of violence or, or biffo or I am. like that. But... I am fight everyone. Defense <laughs> not. Okay. Uh, um, that's all right. We're not governed by any sort of sort of media body ah. or anything, so we can kind of say whatever the fuck we want. But uh, look, you know, we, we haven't seen like acts of aggression like that on the court from anyone on this team for. I I, I can't remember the last time we saw something like that. I'm no. sure it was this season at some point, but it's been too long. And, I, uh, I remember. I remember when Marcus Morris and Jalen Brown were fighting each other. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> but, that was probably but prior the... to that. I can't remember either. <laughs> yeah, misdirected aggression uh, in that case, unfortunately. But you know, you're talking about Bainesy hugging Terry Rozier after that. Um, so on on the team chemistry there, there, there was a couple of plays. So there was one play. I think it was in the third quarter. Kari hit a three in the corner, sort of falling back into the Celtics bench, and they all like everyone on the Celtics bench kind of like embraced him, like hugged him when he made the shot and Tatum gave him this like head, head rub, head scratches as he ran back onto the court. Yeah. Um, that was really cool to see, especially involving Kyrie who like, there's been some negative media coming out about his relationship with everyone on the team um, to, to date. So that was really good. And then uh, shortly afterwards, commissioner Gordon, Gordon Hayward splashed an open three in the opposite corner and, like, you could hear Marcus Smart, like, all hyped up and, like, kind of yelling, bef- like, while the shot was in the air before it went in. And then, obviously, it went in and, like, the bench were going wild and really good to see. And, obviously, Yabu Selly, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, nice little stat line for Yabu. <laughs> Seven points, two rebounds. Um, that's about it. A turnover, plus three. Um, and an alley-oop. But, <laughs> yeah, and a yeah. sweet alley-oop. <laughs> Uh, not the most finessed alley-oop, but anyway, he had a three and did his like bow and arrow dab, and like everyone on the bench did the same thing, um, which was just awesome to see. It was like it's basically the perfect experience all around, right? From a Celtics fan, you go into Golden State, the defending champs, and you absolutely kick their asses, and you get everything like the cherry on the cake being Yabuselli hitting a three and doing his Yabuselli bow and arrow celebration. Yeah. Like it was just perfect. If I if I was gonna be mega mega selfish, I would have loved to have seen some Time Lord just come and like just just completely block <laughs> one of the bench players just into another realm. But I will take yeah. I will take a Yabu three and dab in the Oracle over any day. That's fine. <laughs> so miscellaneous notes 
22 Golden State Warriors turnovers versus Boston's 11 turnovers. Boston, 50 points in the paint versus Golden State's 38, which is pretty incredible considering they have DeMarcus Cousins in there. Didn't yeah. have a great game. Uh, Tatum. Jason Tatum made an incredible shot early in the game off of Kyrie. It was a great dish. And then Tatum kind of fumbled it a bit and went baseline and was definitely behind, like on a bad angle behind the backboard. And like faded away and yeah, hit the shot. It was it was incredible. I can't believe he uh, he made that shot. Um, Jalen Brown had a sick throw down in the second quarter off a feed from Al Horford. Yeah. Like it was it was nasty. Um, and that was some good ball movement from the team all around leading up to that play too, wasn't it? Absolutely. Like it, it could have been a layup and it would have been a beautiful play, but the fact that he threw it down so emphatically, you know, on the Warriors court, you know, against these guys who, you know, at this period of doubt for the Celtics, it was just it was just like a a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um <laughs> they uh they showed a clip of of Karan Butler interviewing Jalen Brown during the game and Jalen was asked, "Who do you think is the smartest Celtic?" <laughs> and like you could tell, I think he said Al Horford, but you could tell he was like, "Bro, it's yeah. it's me, bro." <laughs> he's he, he's such a smart and humble dude, though. He knows that when you get asked who's the smartest person, you don't say yourself, but you just look at the cost. Like he's just he's got that awareness. He's got that now. So he's he's no there's no doubt in my mind he's he's the most intellectually gifted of everyone in the Celtics organization. Maybe maybe behind Brad, but if we're talking about players, yeah, Jalen all the way, man. I'm surprised he wasn't like. What is smart? How do you define smart? Like, ask this. this <laughs> so that's what, that's what Kyrie would say, man. He would turn it into some some yeah. some uh, philosophical fucking wax lyrical of whatever. I don't know. But. <laughs> uh, speaking of smart, Marcus Smart had uh, maybe the Celtics team pass of the season. Oh yeah, this sweet no look behind the back pass to Gordon Hayward in the paint. So, yeah. so good. That As good as that one was, there was another one that he did very early in the third quarter where he had the ball just like past halfway and there was like three or four Warriors standing at the top of the key and Jason Tatum just kind of like walked behind them and no one noticed and he literally just, you could see it in his face. He oh, just yeah. saw it and was like, oh, <laughs> is that what we're going to do? And he just like yeah. lobbed it over the top to him to a dunk. And it was, and, and that was like, I think it was like 20 seconds into the third quarter. And at that point I thought, shit, I think we might actually win this game, <laughs> Because yeah. it was just done at that point. That was kind of, while it was a high point, it was a a realization where you were like, oh, okay, like we're, they're not really giving us their best tonight. Brad Stevens said it in his post-game interview, like that was, that the Warriors would probably put that in their bucket of, of clunkers of like shitty games this season. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately the Celtics have had more of those than the Warriors this year, but maybe... You know, missing Clay Thompson and you know a few disappointing losses recently for the for the Warriors. Um, but yeah, that um, that Tatum play, I know what you're talking about. That probably was the, the sort of the exclamation point on that. A uh, couple of couple of final miscellaneous notes here. So Tatum absolutely erased a Durant layup mm, attempt. Yes, he did, yes he Tatum did. and he copped a couple of blocks. I think one of them was from Draymond. Maybe the other was from Durant yeah. earlier in the game. And then like it was kind of a white side Anthony Davis style block. Like he just palmed it out of Durant's hand. It was, it was like two-handed incredible. as well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, and finally, last miscellaneous note, um, I miss Derevko. I miss Aww. Jonas Derevko. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was great. Like, he, he had that intensity that they the rest of the, the Warriors like didn't didn't really have, I yeah. thought. 
He's, he's 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 got that he's got that Celtics kind of brand on him when you when you see him yeah because he's just like obviously this like like middle middle of the bench rotation guy who just comes in and gives it your all and he's a, he's a handy player too he can hit shots I think he, I think he won them the game against the the Jazz a few months ago but anyway yeah no I, yeah. I, I second that opinion yeah Jonas Grebko is the man and I, yeah I'd, I'd love to have him back anytime. The user Red Five standing by. Sweet Star Wars reference wrote best Celtics podcast out there. Can't wait. Referring to um, us, it was and... a, it was us. You sure? Definitely us. Yeah, it was a response to me on the post game thread. Nice. And user <laughs> Ed Red, from thanks Red Five starting by. Thank you. <laughs> user Ed from SC wrote, "We are the best basketball team ever assembled." So both statements to, to, like very factual. Today I agree with true. you. Today I absolutely <laughs> back that one hundred percent. Yeah, I just thought I'd leave the the two facts to the end of this segment. As you do. All right, folks, we're going to take a very quick break and be back in a moment for the Reddit recap. All right, folks, welcome back. This is the Reddit recap, and we're going to start by a post to Celtics Reddit by user FurbyBallFC. It's a tweet by Jay King who wrote, Kyrie Irving said... Recent chats with Stevens and Ainge helped him. The business part of starring in the NBA, quote, makes this terrible for me. Quote, the basketball part is just, I have to keep that fun. That's where I'm great. That's where I love to play, be around my teammates. It's a nice quote, isn't it? I think so. Given, like, uh, relative to everything that we've we've heard quote-wise from Kyrie Irving so far this year, it's just uh, it's like a nice... Nice, pleasant statement from uh, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, absolutely. I like the part where he says this uh, makes this terrible for me. Like, I like the fact that he's acknowledging um, uh, maybe why his demeanor's been so uh, standoffish, I guess, time to time. So to to have that kind of admission and to like, but it also for him to say why, but also have it be believable, if that makes sense. I could t- definitely say Kyrie Irving could say, "Oh, this is wrong, and it's it's fucking up my chi." Or whatever. It's like, ah, okay, it's not a real reason. But yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and yeah, particularly speaking with Ainge and, um, and Stevens about that kind of stuff, is um, it, it's good to know that that stuff's going on behind the, behind the scenes. Yeah, so in a similar vein, posted by user Brad Stevens, another J. King tweet, Kyrie Irving quote, that long plane ride helped us out. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we kind of referred to this earlier, um, and I had kind of hoped that like being stuck on a uh, beautifully elegant and comfortable private jet together might might galvanize the team. I think that's the fourth time I've used the word galvanize in this podcast. Uh, fifth now. There's, a, uh, there's the episode title. <laughs> find, a, find a way to shoehorn one of the players in there and make it sound like that and we'll be right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we talked about this time last year and maybe there's a bit of a theme there when you, you get get the boys together, get on a plane, take a trip across the country and, uh, you know, yeah. you... you form some sort of bond it's nice i wonder if they got drunk and spoke about their feelings but not in like <laughs> not in like a team meeting aggressive i'm all sweaty and i'm gonna point you out and i'm gonna point in your face and like tell you what you did wrong there but what if they like all just like got real like got real like intimate and like everything was quiet and they were just talking about things they wanted to do and that's how i like to picture it going down almost not not homoerotic but you know just just straddling <laughs> straddling that <laughs> that realm where they're all just out where they saw their feelings out in yeah. the open it's really nice that's what i like to think happened yeah not that there's anything wrong with that of course um, not, no uh, I, Kyrie Irving, I feel like, it, 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 you know, booze. I, I like a beer. But Kyrie Irving, if he if, if he's going to have that sort of connective experience, 
with the team members. I feel like maybe they sat around in a circle and maybe um like maybe he like doled out some magic mushrooms. Had this like true like sort of out of body experience with the team where they all like went somewhere yeah. together. They all need uh, if if the season's a failure, they all need to go to like South America in the off season, do some ayahuasca and come back and they can all just have yeah. like that third eye shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See like a spiritual Sherpa. Definitely, uh, definitely. <laughs> user V Zenu, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, wrote the Celtics improved to. So sorry, sorry, sorry. This is a tweet from at Celtic Stats, and they write the Celtics improved to four and this season when Hayward reaches the twenty point mark. Um, which it goes back to uh, it was someone's comment that we read out before, where like it's sort of our um. The capacity for success for the postseason is really dependent on on like what kind of Gordon Hayward we get, um, yeah. which seems obvious, but uh, it was certainly nice tonight, and uh, hopefully it's something that we see more of, more of rather, as we um we head into the postseason. Yeah, and I don't think like twenty. It's not like he just gets twenty points kind of like given to him in a blowout too. I feel like all those every time he scores points because he's working for it. Well, obviously his shots falling, but you feel like he asserts himself properly. So you know when 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 Gordon Hayward asserts himself. We win games. I think that's probably or we're four and zero rather. I should say. <laughs> yeah. So look, a bit of a pivot here, but uh, Joe, aka Nosecrows McFly, has uh, just sent us a message saying, "Guys, like I've got some shit to say. Um, give me a call. Let me jump on this podcast." So we're going to take another very short break and be back in a moment with Joe. All right, folks, we're back. We've got Joe on the line. Jackson has uh, gone off to fairer pastures, but Joe's here to give us the rundown on uh, his experience from the Warriors game today and whatever else. Uh, Joe, how's it going? It's it's good. It's good. I was sort of wondering um, whether, you know, whether before that break you'd done the whole, like, Andrew Hahn thing, you know, where he goes like, <laughs> um, so, so, Brian, we have to take a, take a break on some platforms, but can you tell us about the time... That that all star tried to take a boa constrictor on a private charter, <laughs> and then it fades out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Those I guys are pros, man. Gig. Those guys are total pros. We're not we're not quite there yet, but uh, we'll get there. What's going um, on? Uh, well, I mean, I'm happy, right? Because my expectations, as discussed with you, um, with you guys, kind of uh, throughout the week, my expectations for this team have, um, I think, settled, right? And they've settled around um, the most likely two events being like, I think I said this morning, like 40% chance that we're knocked out of the first round, 45% chance that we're knocked out in the second round, you know, so sort of some slight possibilities of advancing further. And 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 you, you can hope for more, right? You, you just, you know, you're always hoping. You've always, you can always hope because we've got games to play. And tonight's a good example, right? We played awesome, and I enjoyed it because the team exceeded my expectations, right? So, um, so I guess where I'm at is this win doesn't increase my expectations for the team, and it doesn't increase my hopes because my hopes are still the same. But flip it was enjoyable, you know. It just uh, um, clearly there was a different spirit about the team, and that's great. I, you just want to you want to cheer for a, a team that seems like it's got a good spirit about it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, I feel like I've asked you this question two or three times throughout the season, Joe, but like, given the stretch of games we've got left, 
is there any course of action this team could take to um, to recalibrate your expectations, or, or are you are you completely settled on your current set of expectations from this point onwards? Because I mean, today like, was a pretty good start. It was a pretty good start, but it is just one game, you know. Um, and you know we've got currently what were we prior to this game? We were what thirty eight, thirty we thirty eight and twenty six. We're like twelve over five hundred, something like that. I've we were shit. I've forgotten <laughs> Recently record. very shit. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not that good. Not that good. You know, like if we if we rip off 10 straight, you know, now over a very tough stretch of the season, you know, mm. then, I'll, then I might like sort of shift them up a little bit. But this is the kind of the point of the season where you start to have feel like, you, you know, your, your feel for teams starts to get really quite well developed and there's sort of enough time left in the season that um, there's – Less left to chance. Like I expect that the Celtics, they might have a, they might have a good stretch here, and then they might have another bad one. You know, like um, it'd be great. Like we can hope for them to win ten games. Like that's, you know, that's fine. Um, but it's just a hope. It's not. It's not a real expectation. So yeah. So I think I think my expectations for the team are, are reasonably settled, um, unless they did something insane over the last twenty games of the season. You know, to show that they, you know, they're different. But yeah, I'm I'm cool with that, and um, I'm get means I'm get to enjoy this win, and if we turn around and blow it against the Lakers, um, well that's disappointing, but oh well. <laughs> that would be very disappointing. That game is on my birthday this Sunday, and I've told oh, wow. my wife and everyone I know leave me alone. It's a <laughs> absolute blessing that the Celtics play the Lakers on my birthday. Yeah, I'll wow. be left alone. Thank you very much. I'll be watching this game with a beer and enjoying myself. And if the Celtics lose that game. Um, well, then it's just another another birthday ruined, <laughs> really. <laughs> but hey, I'm a happy guy, so it'll, it'll be fine. Um, so we've talked about, um, just getting back to what you were saying, Joe, Like we have sort of talked about we know what this team is, right? In that like they're sometimes, this is putting it very simply, but they're sometimes very bad and they're sometimes very good and they seem to sort of, <laughs> are on the side of being very bad for the most part due to a lack of effort, right? But mm. I, I feel like a slightly more advanced take on it is that we know what this team is and what they're capable of when they're playing to their full potential and we know what this team is and what they're not capable of when they are not, right? And today was a really good example of them playing to their fullest potential like they played one of their best games of the season i know the warriors were missing clay thompson and, and maybe they had their own sort of interior bed shitting in this game but for the most part the celtics put down one of the best performances of the year um and there's been a lot of really positive sort of stuff coming out of the media quotes of Kyrie irving and um the team being galvanized on their flight over from boston to the west coast very promising sort of stuff coming out of of, of player interviews I, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, this team knows what it is to be good, and is is it that far out of the realm of possibility to think that, like, there's still enough time for them to learn how to, to be that, like, they know what it is to learn to be that consistently in time for the playoffs? Do you know what I'm getting at? I, I think it's totally reasonable as a fan to hope for that and see a possibility of that, even if it's remote, mm-hmm. right? So I guess maybe my feeling on us is I feel like there's like maybe like a 3% chance we get to the finals you know um, something like that you know like 
I mean, I, the, the numbers are plucked out of thin air, but like it's sure. unlikely. It's unlikely, but not impossible. So as a fan, of course you want, like you, you, you're going to hope that that happens. Um, I still think though, like don't get, like don't get sucked in in terms of raising your expectations for the team. Like Kyrie is mercurial, if anything, like, we will, we will we've we've seen the ups we've seen the downs the downs are coming back you know that they'll be there they'll be there again you know and um you know I'd love for the era of good feelings to continue forever but but I'm not willing to to I'm not really um willing to think that this is like some magic turn the corner thing for the team although the fan in me hopes it is you know um I just I don't expect I my my expectations haven't changed. What I would say about you, you said the difference between the team playing poorly and playing well is is effort, right? Um, and that's true. But there's two kind of versions, right? There's the team realizes it's struggling, right? And then it goes into you know one everyone tries to win it themselves. That's pretty common. And then there's another kind of thing that can happen which we saw in the comeback against the Rockets which is we just we just go balls out playing defense and we start forcing turnovers and we start getting easy buckets and we start getting easy buckets we start relaxing we start relaxing the shots start going in we're still playing defense the run happens what I want to see from the team is when the run against us happens I want our reflex to stop being that um, hey I need to go find a bucket myself because that's what happens, right? We all feel tight, and then Rosier's often in the game when this happens. So Rosier wants to force the, the force the shot. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to see our reflex be when times are tough. We go back to like I'll, frenetic, almost pressing defense. Um, I feel like that's the best version of us. You can't operate that way the whole game, but you can operate that way when you feel you know, like your backs are up against the wall. And I guess that's the definition of an identity. You know, that's an identity that is maybe under there. So um, that's what I'd like to see. If I see that start to consistently happen, you know, when we're, when we're in, a, in the, to, to arrest the slides in games, then I'll be mm. thinking we're, we're a different team. In rant. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that um, about the Rockets game. I was watching all the post-game interviews on YouTube a couple of hours back and and Gordon Hayward said in his post game interview that like even though that the team lost in Houston they felt like they found something there in the second half of of that loss so it's sort of consistent with what you're saying when they relax a little bit and 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 play that 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 level of defense then um that that seems to be the formula for success so again it's like aggressive aggressive defense right it's not yeah. it's not just like Hey, they're covering. They take the game to the other team while playing defense. That's the best version of this team, I think. And um, Brown seems to really thrive when we get in that mode. Particularly, there's that. Yeah, game. <laughs> absolutely. He's been fantastic. So, what else, Joe? Like, I I've talked enough during this this podcast. So what else? What else? What else is on your mind after this win? Well, what's on my mind is. Um, I, you know, I think most of us would agree that Tatum's a better prospect than Brown. But I am sort of starting to figure out what it is that I love about Brown and um, that I think he has that Tatum doesn't. And one thing he has that Tatum doesn't is he has an instinct to get to the hole. Like that's, he puts, 
I feel like Jalen never lets the defense off lightly, you know? Um, he, he might turn it over. <laughs> he might do something. He might do like that layup he had. A good example, right, was that push he had in transition. And he kind of, he didn't throw up a bad shot, but he, he threw up a shot that missed. But I loved it because he puts pressure on, on their defense in a way that Tatum sometimes doesn't. Um, yeah, so that's something that's a positive trait in Jalen. That's going to, you know, that's not going anywhere. Um, just like I think probably his free throw shooting difficulties aren't probably going anywhere either. Um, although he's been a little better of late. Um, so that's that's probably another key thing that's been on my mind. That's, that's a point of distinction between those two guys. And that's a really, for our team right now, I almost feel like we need Jalen more than we need Jason. Um, almost. Just... Jalen provides a different feel than Jason. Jalen is more aggressive, eh? Yeah, I I agree. And not to bring up, like, not to, I guess, continue to beat a dead horse, but I've kind of, like, reconciled with the idea of, you know, if it does happen, if it does go that way, losing Tatum in a potential AD trade and and keeping keeping Brown, like the pairing of those guys, um, you know, Brown and and, and Kyrie and... and, um, and AD, it kind of makes it worthwhile to move on from Tatum as much as I like have this fanboy crush on on Tatum because of his like silky smooth skill set. What's cool about what's happening for Brown for Brown right now is that like we're starting to get a picture of the type of player he is. You know, like um, you know he is a guy who when he gets a rebound, he's allowed to push it in transition. That's something that he's allowed to do, and it's something we can expect from him. Um, and um, I think this is this is for me the biggest argument for keeping him on the bench. Right? Is it's not that he doesn't deserve to start. He does. He's clearly one of our five best players right now. But um, I just like what the definition of his role seems to have done for him as a player, um, and it gives him something really to build on. Like, cause he can keep doing that, you know, for this team with a stacked. Like, if this team's stacked, right, and it's got. AD, Kyrie, Orford, Hayward. You know, he can still play that role. All right, Joe. So we've got the Kings coming up tomorrow, the Lakers on Sunday, and the Clippers shortly after. I mean, there's a slight chance that we go 4-0 on this on this road trip. I don't want to jinx things, but, um, you know, it's, it's hard not to feel good after such a good win against the Warriors. Um, predictions for the rest of the road trip. Obviously, the Kings tomorrow pose a bit of a challenge. And sort of how, how are you feeling about the upcoming games, Joe? It would be sweet to um, send the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are done. Um, we've had this discussion. I think it's... Um, I agree with that post on Celtics Reddit pod Twitter, <laughs> unsurprisingly. I think they're cooked. Um, I think it's actually impossible for them to to, to get there now. Um, so we're actually kind of, funnily enough, at the point where we want the Lakers to start winning as much as possible. <laughs> because... Um, because... <laughs> their pick, you know, they're really they they could really um they could really make a run at you know at a mid mid first rounder here, you know. So uh, I think we need to be a little wary of that, um, because there's just so many of those teams that are around the thirty one mark that could potentially overtake them for once. So we've got to watch that. Um, but now nah, let's kick their ass. Um, yeah. I, Every game feels okay. It's just that, and the cumulative effect, right, it's just really unlikely that we'll win the lot. 
Cool. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. The Celtics are back tomorrow, like we said, possibly today by the time you're listening to this, but that's fine. We'll be back in uh, a week or so. Who knows? Thanks again to Jackson, who joined us earlier. And, of course, Joe, uh, thanks, mate. Enjoy the rest of your week. Well, it's a good one. It's a good one. Sleep well tonight, Celtics Nation. I will definitely be sleeping well. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. All right. Enjoy this win, folks. It was a good one. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.